Washburn here. And that moment we've been waiting for has finally fucking arrived. Bossy Power Bottom Wear is now officially live on RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com for purchase. Bossy Power Bottom Wear. The gay lifestyle and clothing line that unapologetically describes what it means to live your best gay life and show others through your clothing that you bottom like a boss. Want to know more? Go to RonnieWashburn.com now. That's R-A-O-N-I. Washburn.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with bossy power bottom wear. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following is brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. Beer just makes me feel bloated and disgusting. Wine makes my face look super puffy the next day. Seltzers just make me so sick. And champagne makes me feel a little barfy. Uh, tequila? Well, not only is tequila responsible for most of my poor life decisions, but also it makes me so horny that most of those poor life decisions are sexual ones. Listen, you guys, I know that we've all been there at least once, if not more, in our lives. That moment where you wake up the next morning and slowly open your eyes to the shine of the morning sunrise light that's brightly piercing the room and creating a moment where it's really difficult for you to even open your eyes, let alone contributing to the fact that you've already got a pounding alcohol-induced hungover headache. And that light just so happens to be making that headache 10 times more intense. And you look up and realize that you're completely and entirely fully clothed. And one shoe on, one shoe off, which by the way is never a fucking good sign. Whenever that shit occurs, it's always been a crazy night. Hands down, guaranteed, there's no doubt about it. But what happens when you sit up, try to recap the night, you can't remember anything because the entire night is blank, and you suddenly get that panic of like, holy shit, let me go through my phone, let me look through my text messages, I just, I hope I didn't say the wrong thing to the wrong person, oh god, I have to go and check my grinder, hopefully I didn't go home with somebody that I would never go home with sober, and just as you sit there on your phone for the next half hour trying to investigate the night's activities, you suddenly realize that in that moment, you find yourself here once again. And why? Why are you here once again? So as you go to work, 
trying so very hard to like shake off the hangover. And you walk into your coworker and he starts laughing and smiling and asking if you knew what happened the night before. And you realized, holy shit, I went out for drinks with this bitch and he knows everything that happened last night, or at least can help me put all the pieces to that puzzle back together. And after doing a little bit of investigating back and forth with like Uber receipts, bank accounts, etc., you realize that the night's activities consisted of doing several shots, actually taking a guy into the bathroom of a local bar, trying to block the door with your foot while you got on your knees and sucked his dick, only to have the bartender from the bar break through the door and carry you out physically in a crowded packed bar who were all looking at you because you were making a complete and total dramatic exit from the bar that day. And when you and the guy get kicked out of the bar, the only logical thing you can think to do is go back to that guy's place. But wait, he lives on the other side of the city, so we have to call an Uber. And so you do just that. And when you get that Uber, you end up in mere moments, just actually undoing that same guy's pants and start to blow his dick once again only to find that you were kicked out of your Uber literally like three blocks from where you were picked up. And then, you know, the rest of the night, you can't really put together because A, you don't even know where your wallet is. Your phone's dead. You really just can't remember anything, but somehow you made it home and you still don't know why. And, you know, well, the rest is fucking that gay walk of shame. History. So sit back, relax. Put on that condom or pop your prep pill and let's explore what it means when you figure out all this shit and find out that you did all these things and realize to yourself, holy fuck, I was white girl slash claw wasted. now listening to my gay expose podcast a show that unperfectly describes what it's like when life has you fucked in the head while being fucked from behind i'm ronnie washburn a writer lgbtq plus community activist self-proclaimed messy loudmouthed, and somewhat semi-passable podcast host Popper sommelier, porn star, fluffer in training, and local San Francisco bossy power bottom that just so happens to be on the left of you on your grinder grid. And this is My Gay Expose Podcast. Ronnie Washburn here. And welcome back to the show that really just is the messiest and hungover mindfuck that you will ever hear in the podcast world. My Gay Expose Podcast.
And on this week's expose, we talk about that entire notion of what it means to be white girl slash claw wasted. Or in other words, what it means to just drink your face off all the time and what it means to move to a city like San Francisco and understand that drinking is just an everyday part of life here and how that's like affected me and my mental state of being and how I've chosen to take that piece and run with it and fix it for myself and even some of the messy shit that I've found myself in. And really, honestly, most of the content for this show and all of my written work is that of doing that very gay walk of shame where you're just hung over and completely coming to from your blacked out night from before. And, you know, this week on the Your Gay Expose segment, I reached out to a few of my friends as well as you, the listeners, and asked on a sex scale from one to ten, how many drinks do you have when you drink? You know, like between one and ten drinks a sesh. You know how, like, when your doctor asks you that, And I'm just like, are you fucking judging me right now? (laughs) But they really just kind of have to know that shit. I kind of want to know what your answer would be if your doctor asked you. Because I'm just a little curious about what some of your drinking habits are in today's gay society. But first, before we actually pour that shot of vodka and realize we don't have a chaser and... So then you just pour a little bit of water in the glass and realize that that might mean you have a little problem. First, let's hop into this week's Read Expose. Welcome to this week's Read Expose, the segment in which I take the time to reassess, re-examine, re-explain, restart over, or just re-say shit that I said in past episodes that maybe you didn't fully understand, or shit, maybe I didn't even understand. You came for me and I felt like I needed to readdress, or once I re-listened through for an edit, I was like, oh, God, oh, Jesus, what a fucking goddamn mess. What What was I even thinking? What was I saying there? Like, uh. Ugh, God. That definitely merits a re-expose. All right, you guys, check it out. At the time of this recording, we are about to segue into April. And so what that means is I'm just months away from my 2024 AIDS life cycle journey, and I need your help. I need all of you out there to please, please, please donate to my AIDS life cycle journey There's a link in this week's show notes, link in all of my social media bios, link in every single one of my websites. If you pretty much just Google Ronnie Washburn, you can find a way to donate to my AIDS life cycle journey. I'm a little bit behind in fundraising. All of the proceeds go 100% to all the necessary resources in the San Francisco area, as well as the Los Angeles area to provide those resources for those who want to go into the Los Angeles LGBT Center or the San Francisco AIDS Foundation and get tested for free. It's so important to make sure that your sexual health is in check. And I just need all of you to help me out by donating 
to my AIDS life cycle journey. And also on that note, go to RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com and check out my Bossy Power Bottom Wear collection where two of the pieces, the U equals U as well as the blue pill t-shirts, both. If you purchase either one of those shirts, you guys, 100% of those proceeds go directly to my AIDS life cycle journey. Not one dime will go into my pocket. 100% of those proceeds go directly to AIDS life cycle and all of these necessary resources that we need at our disposal. So what are you waiting for? Go now. RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com. And pick your next piece as well as one of those two you know, pieces that I just mentioned and take them to your next upcoming gay and or pride related event or just shit that you want to wear to the gym to ensure that that hot jock top is going to fuck you in the showers. Oh God, you guys. And one last thing. So since we're on this alcohol drenched uh, theme this week for the episode, Whenever you get the opportunity, go over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and search for Blood is Thicker Than Alcohol, the second show produced by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. It's me and my straight brother, Ryan, and we're just drinking our way through, you know, topics of conversation in the news, pop culture commentary, uh, just stories based on our actual lives. And we really just try to bridge the gap between gay and straight and compare and contrast our lives and like how gay I am and how straight he is and how somehow we're still the morally corrupt individuals that just have blessed the Washburn last name. (laughs) You guys, it's a lot of fucking fun. It's really starting to take off and get a lot of attention. And it's super exciting because I'm just now, after about 10 episodes in getting to a space where I'm really starting to see the numbers jump up in a pretty significant way. Super exciting. People are receiving it well. It's getting a lot of great reviews. When you get the opportunity, go to Blood is Thicker Than Alcohol on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Follow, click five stars, all of it, and drink alongside us each week. And belly up to the Blood is Thicker Than Alcohol bar and see if you can outdrink the Washburn Brothers. we get my gay expose on this week's topic of conversation that just so happens to have a, uh, why don't you just fucking make it a double themed undertone first. Let's get your gay expose. And this week, the question was asked to a few of my friends, as well as you, the listeners on a sex scale from one to 10, one being one drink and 10 being 10 drinks how many drinks do you have in one drinking session in your life <laughs> this shit should be entertaining i just i can almost put money on it so let's get some of those responses now michael says Two to three during the week. 
but on the weekends, four to five. John says, it really just depends on who I'm with and what we're doing. If it's a night out of drinking with the guys, then guaranteed it's at least eight to nine. But if it's just me at home by myself, I might have two or three. Is that normal? <laughs> I, uh, I, let me just say that if I was at home personally, I would have a lot more than just two or three. <laughs> That's all I'll say. <laughs> ben says six. Kyle says, um, six? I don't really know. I've never kept count, which probably means closer to ten. <laughs> Jesse says, five. William says, I'm pretty much a lightweight. So what that means is I only have to have like two or three, and I'm three sheets to the wind. Sergio says, four to six if it's a full night out. You know, I have to say this is pretty good. And honestly, it does kind of depend on what you're drinking, because that's a good buzz, don't you think? Or maybe this is just the alcoholic in me speaking. <laughs> Kevin says, a night out of drinking? I never count because I don't want to know. Because honestly, it would probably be more along the lines of like 15, 20. <laughs> yeah, this bitch is a drinker for fucking sure. York says, I'm a lightweight. So I could really only do up to two drinks, maybe three, if it's light enough. Lori says two to three. And if I didn't have a kid, it would be way more. Michael number two says five because I don't like hangovers. <laughs> Are you serious? Five would hang over the average non-gay San Franciscan. <laughs> I mean, that's just fucking fact. I mean, am I wrong? San Diego Rob says, eight drinks if it's seltzers and five if it's vodka. <laughs> Marvin says, three max. But I'm not really a good example. The last time I really partied was with you. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Abraham says, 10 plus. I simply don't know how to stop drinking once I start. <laughs> I can attest to this firsthand. Abraham and I, whenever we go out together, oh, it's guaranteed a very fun, but a very messy night of drinking. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> My straight brother Ryan says as follows. During weekdays, I do one shot while I'm getting ready for work. <laughs> oh my God. I should probably pre-screen these answers before I just start fucking reading them. Oh my God. This is my brother. I swear. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Okay. So he continues. And one to two whiskeys after work. During the weekends, I do anywhere from one to three to one to eight-ish 
It just really depends on what we're doing. I drink straight liquor usually, so I don't really end up having to drink as many as some people. <laughs> as many. Okay, so he's admitting that he has one to eight-ish straight liquor. Uh, that's That's a fucking lot. Welcome to my bloodline, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Daryl says... <laughs> I'm sorry, I just absolutely fucking love this answer. Daryl says as follows. You guys, I just recently met Daryl and he cracks me the fuck up on a regular basis. So I am actually looking forward to a lot of his answers in future Your Gay Expose segments. But Daryl says as follows. Depends on the crowd. And if I know people, a normal night, one to two, but a night out with post-college jocks, seven to eight. If it's circuit twinks, it's one since they're all drinking G. (laughs) The best part about this answer is he's absolutely fucking right. (laughs) And as usual, all of these answers are just one big giant cluster fuck of really just all over the place. But I have to say, I'd like to warmly welcome Daryl to the Your Gay Expose segment (laughs) and keep that shit funny, bitch, because I am ready for more. You're giving Kevin a run for his fucking money. And if you don't know what I'm talking about right now, just go into the last like fucking five episodes, listen to Kevin's answer, and you'll know why. He almost always has me laughing out loud as I read. And you guys, that's the kind of shit that I want on this segment. So if you didn't get your answer read this week, don't worry. Just continue to follow on Instagram at Exposing My Gay. And remember, The funnier the answer, the more likely you'll be read live on the show. And I just have to say, you all are raging alcoholics. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But like, really, this is a safe space and nobody's judging you. This is fucking quintessential San Francisco at its fucking finest. And honestly, I love it. (laughs) I love it. And really just justifies all the reasons why I'm talking about this shit this week. But now, let's get my gay expose and you'll find out all the reasons why in my past so many times I found myself doing that gay walk of shame white girl slash claw wasted. All right, you guys, listen. I wanted to take this quick time out to ask you for a huge favor. I need all of you right now in this moment to go over to Apple Podcasts and click five stars. This helps us in the podcast world out so much more than you will ever know. It actually gets us to that trajectory that we're actually already on our way to just a little bit faster. And it makes things start happening. I really just need your help. Please, if you wouldn't mind, just go to Apple Podcasts click five stars. And if you don't want to click five stars, just, well, keep that click to yourself. (laughs) But you can also rate five stars on Spotify too. So wherever you listen to your podcasts, please, I need your help. 
click five stars and allow my gay expose podcast to get to that next best thing. The following expose was recorded in my gay walk of shame era. Chances are is that if you listen along to this show, then really you already know that 98.9% of all of this fucking material that I've really just exposed on a weekly basis has <laughs> mostly been fully alcohol-induced or just soaked and drenched in alcohol or just alcohol-related stories Situations that I found myself in that I would not have been in if it weren't for alcohol. Uh, Let's just face it. I love alcohol. There's just no way around that. So if you're new to the show and maybe not familiar with some of the work that I've done for my past in 2017 through uh, 2019-ish, give or take, I wrote a blog entitled Gay Walk of Shame. And you know, I worked really fucking hard on creating this vibe, this brand, this feel that you just looked at every time you saw the words. Gay walk of shame, I wanted you to just understand that it was walking home from that guy's house that you went home with last night. You don't know who he is. You don't even remember interacting with him the night before. You are so fucking hung over that you could barely walk in the direction of home. Your head is pounding. You look like shit and you're trying so very hard to just pretend that you're walking like every other person that's going to their work week, going to their work day, leaving their homes to go to work with their little mug of coffee in their hand. You're trying to pretend that you're blending in to that hustle and bustle of that San Francisco City crowd. But really, you're not fooling anyone because you're wearing club-looking go-out clothes. And who wears that at 6.30 a.m.? You look like you basically just rolled out of fucking bed. Your hair's all over the place. Your face cream is rubbed off on half your face. You have a little drool spot on the end of your shirt. You lost a sock. You're just the biggest fucking hot mess of all time. As you're walking home, to your Castro apartment, and you look up and you see that Sutro Tower. The Sutro Tower that has the best visibility in the entire city, in the Castro specifically, which is why I use that to kind of create a logo, create a feel, create a vibe, create a moment. I wanted the Castro District, the Sutro Tower, to be synonymous with that gay walk of shame. In San Francisco, where you are just the biggest fucking mess of all time, walking home with shame and regret, and why did I drink that much? How did the night happen? I don't remember anything. My phone's dead. Uh, My wallet's missing. It's just, it's the worst moment in my life. I'm like rock bottom. I've hit a all time low. I mean, so do you get it? Well, like we've all been there, right? That's been many of our stories. And so, Alcohol has been the main focal point for many of the stories that I wrote in this blog for almost two years. It was very much 
the centerpiece of every story. Because you can't really have a gay walk of shame if you're not hung over, right? That's just kind of the point. And so what I learned when I moved to San Francisco was that there was so much about the city at the beginning that I just didn't know about. Before, when I lived in Sacramento, I didn't really, I wasn't really a drinker. I know that's a shocking piece of information that I've just thrown your way, but truth be told, in Sacramento, I wasn't really introduced to drinking more than like maybe having a glass of wine with dinner or only reserving all of the drinking that I did pretty heavily for when I went out to the club with the guys on the weekend. I really just didn't drink. It wasn't really something that I wanted to do or felt like I had to do. That was until I met my ex-husband, who obviously I met him in San Francisco. He lived in San Francisco. And so when we got married, he quit his job and he moved to Sacramento. And when he came home from work every day, he'd make himself like a couple of martinis or a couple glasses of wine or or like a couple beers or, you know, whatever. Like he, what I was learning was he was very consistently coming home from his day of work. And the only way that he knew how to unwind was to have a couple of drinks. And honestly, he did this six to seven days a week. And I had up to this point, I had never seen anything like it. Growing up with strict Republican, conservative, and God-fearing Christian parents who really just made it very clear that alcohol was something that we should just never touch. I really just think that that kind of bled into like my 20s and I didn't really have the desire to try a drink. But when I married my ex-husband late in my 30s, I realized that it drinking was normal, right? I mean, I guess that's what I was learning, whether I actually consciously thought about it or it was just a subconscious message that was sent to my brain. In that marriage, my husband drank a lot. And then when I moved to San Francisco with him and we broke things off and I was on my own and I had to learn what it meant to live in gay San Francisco for the very first time in my life, every single friend I made was a heavy drinker. My first friend that I made in San Francisco, actually, his name was Walter. All we ever did when we went out was drink. Like, that's it. We All we did was just go to the bars and the clubs in the Castro every single fucking time we hung out. And he was like my first friend. So we hung out a lot and we were always wasted together and having to recap the night for each other back and forth when we showed up to work each day as disclosed in the opening story. And, you know... My best girlfriend, Dorenda, I mean, even to this day, I, even though I don't drink near as much as I did in the, over the course of the last like five fucking years or some shit like that, every time I go to stay with her or visit her in Sacramento, she's a bartender. And so we really just both fucking drink every fucking time, hands down. Even when I go in telling myself I'm not going to drink that much, somehow I still find myself just drinking with her. I mean, we have a good time, but we just drink. My roommate, for example, I actually told him, and I've lived with my roommate in SF for the last like almost fucking eight years. And you guys, when I say, and I'm only saying this because I'm not trying to bust him out, but because he is a close friend of mine. And so I have no problem disclosing this information. <laughs> and he he really doesn't give a shit either. He legitimately, like I told him this the other day, like, I don't think you've ever in one day out of the eight years that I've lived here, not had one drink. 
Like out of the 365 days a year in each year, you have never not had at least one drink. And you guys, I'm telling you, it's usually a lot more than one drink a day. So that's just normal for him. That's just what I'm learning about the gay community in San Francisco is everybody fucking drinks. My most recent ex, Robert, during lockdown, during COVID, he developed a very serious drinking problem that got a little out of control at one point to a place where he sought out like AA help. And that was just what he felt like he had to do. But let's just face it, the San Francisco gay community or just the gay community period shit. Let's just say the gay community as a whole, they like their alcohol and they like to drink. And the reputation that gays have is that there's always a drink in hand. Anytime they go out to any sort of event, any club, any party, anything, they're either pre-drinking before or they're getting a drink when they show up. That's just a fucking given. But it's really hard to drink when you're gay because, I mean, let's just face it, we're all obsessed with being skinny, fit, and thin, and desirable to other gay men. And so alcohol just doesn't really sit well when you're especially creeping into the later part of your life. And so, I mean, basically, drinking beer, which is honestly, I love beer so, so much. Beer and I have a very on-again, off-again toxic relationship where I just come back for more because I just love the fucking taste of beer. But you guys, beer is not good for the waistline. And that barley in beer is just so bad for you. There's so many fucking calories that you're consuming. It's like you have more than four or five in a night of drinking and you look at yourself in the mirror the next day and you just look like a big fucking puffer fish. (laughs) Wine's not any better because it's full of fucking sugar. So you can't really drink wine if you're gay and you want to stay fit and thin because you just keep packing on the weight. And that usually for me, the wine I've noticed tends to veer into my midsection. And so it just really doesn't really work for me. So of course you want to flock as a gay to the alcohols that are the lower in calories, which really is just like the hard shit, like vodkas, tequilas, etc. And uh, let's just face it, I don't always like who I end up being when I've had shots of vodka and tequila. It's it's really a gamble. I could either be the funnest drunk that you've ever had the time to hang out with in your life, or I could be a fucking disaster. And it's that's just really a gamble that I'm not really willing to make anymore. (laughs) So I try my very best to stay away from the hard alcohol. But then I discovered this thing a few years back called White Claws, a seltzer, an alcoholic seltzer that only had 150 calories. It seemed like a gay's dream come true. But you guys, I'm here to tell you, when you have one too many White Claws, that hangover is almost as even more painful than having like nine shots of vodka. I don't really know what it is. I think it has something to do with the bubbles. It's just not a good fucking combination. And you can just fucking forget entirely about champagne. Anytime I mix champagne with anything, it's definitely a blackout night for sure. But here's the thing, you guys. Speaking of White Claws, I for so long I thought that the White Claw was just like 
God's gift to the gay man. And I just drank them so obsessively to a place where even one year, my roommate and I were like decorating the tree and I just had this light bulb moment. We had a full recycle bin that was just like full of White Claws because I would just go get like those 24 packs and I would just drink them until they were gone. And then I'd go get another 24 pack, drink them until they were gone, get another 24 pack, drink them until they're gone. And, you know, basically the rest is history. But what we just like light bulb moment while drinking some White Claws and making the tree look pretty, we decided to make a White Claw Christmas tree one year and like just put in the lights hung all the empty white claw cans as ornaments and just put in like the silver like ornaments that we had and just left everything else out you guys it was so good that the actual certified white claw instagram account came for me and asked if they could actually publish that photo on their page and asked me to like agree to all these terms and conditions and shit and I just like said no because I don't really give two flying fucks about all like that's just too much work I don't care enough to have that posted on the White Claw account but basically long story short I just love alcohol and have surrounded most of my San Francisco gay walk of shame years surrounded by alcohol in fact in San Francisco this is just a given If you work in a restaurant, you're an alcoholic. And that's just fact. (laughs) Like, there was one specific restaurant that I worked on and off again uh, for about four years. And I got very close with the staff. And what we would do is we would all just start doing shots throughout each of our shifts. I even think that the manager kind of knew that we were doing this. And so I think she just sort of looked the other way. But What we would do is if one employee got just a little fucking too drunk, the the other employees would just like kind of get their back for the rest of the shift. So we all kind of took care of each other in that way. And we were just all doing shots together throughout the shift. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I would walk up to a table and be so drunk and just, you know how like when you're drunk and you pretend like you're not, you're trying so hard to like, you're interacting with people and you're trying to pretend like you're not drunk. I was so, (laughs) very that, so often, it wasn't even funny. But this one night in specific, it got so bad. And this is sort of where I began to realize that my drinking was becoming a problem. We were doing shots at this restaurant as usual. And so this was a restaurant where it was like a, basically like a white linen style restaurant. Like it was fancy. We had white button down shirts as uniform with black ties, but we... It really wasn't fine dining. It was more along the lines of like, you know, like a couple rungs below it. But it was it was still a cute little romantic spot that you could go to in the city. It was pretty famous in the city. So a lot of people chose that as their like little fancy anniversary or date night or you know, whatever. So one day, we so we all kept our uniforms in this closet that we had in the back of the restaurant. So we'd all show up to set up for the day in our street clothes and then change into our work clothes before the shift started and then go from there and then change before we went home, etc. So one day we got so fucking wasted during this shift that I actually was so annihilated that I went into this closet, grabbed what I thought was my clothes, put them on, went home. And it turns out when I woke up the next morning in my bed, I looked down and I had a shirt on that was like, four sizes too big for me. I saw a giant pair of like waist 42 pants on the floor and like 
17 missed phone calls and 18 missed text messages from this specific individual at work who I accidentally took his clothes home. And he was cussing me out and where the fuck is wrong with you? And you took my clothes. Why did you take my clothes? My wallet's in there. My keys are in there. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Like, I was like, oh my God. And by the way, just as a side note, can you imagine me going home on that bus, being completely annihilated, just obliterated in my like wasted drunken stupor wearing clothes that are basically like four sizes too big for me oh my god what I would have given to be a just innocent bus riding bystander that day but yeah you know that was really the moment I realized like okay I think I need to get a handle like on this drinking thing and you know that being said I started talking about my alcohol problem in a lot of my therapy sessions, sitting on that little green therapy couch, I just began to share that I felt like I was a little too reliant on alcohol. And, you know, COVID happened, you guys. And I think we can all unanimously agree that in the seven, eight, nine months that we were all like not working and just at home all day, there was nothing fucking to do but drink. And drink, I did. In fact, I remember waking up in the morning and opening the bottle of wine that I had the night before at like fucking 9.20 in the morning and just pouring myself a glass and getting that to start my day. Like it got that bad. I began to get depressed and I began to feel a little lost and I was having problems with my current boyfriend. And, you know, I I just, I felt like drinking was the only thing that was like making me temporarily feel better. And what ended up happening was that The reality was that the depression I was feeling was from the excessive drinking. The alcohol itself is that depressant. And it was just creating a moment where I just didn't feel like I was myself. And I just felt like all I was doing was drinking and passing out, drinking and passing out, drinking and passing out. And that's it. And I wasn't accomplishing any of the writing projects that I was working on. I I was blowing off a lot of the preparation for this very show. and And it just got to be kind of a problem. But you guys, listen, I attribute a lot of my current moment in this time frame as we sit here right now. I don't really drink anymore. I will go out and have the occasional drink when friends go out, like a birthday dinner here, you know, uh, let's go grab drinks and meet the boys kind of a day here. Uh, Like we're going to go out on a first date, so I'll have a couple glasses of wine there. But for the most part, like five to six days a week, I don't drink. And there will be weeks and weeks and weeks in a row where I just won't have not even one drink. And it's so much more. I just feel so much better, you guys. Like my mental state of mind is so much more on point. I'm running, whereas I wouldn't run if I was hungover. So I just wouldn't run. And so I was gaining weight. And so that's what was contributing to my depression. And it's just been this big roller coaster ride of emotions back and forth and. Oh, it's just been such a hard journey to figure out, but I'm so fucking glad that I finally figured out that I can do without alcohol. In fact, I function better without alcohol, even when I crave alcohol. Like when I watch a movie, for example, and I see them, two characters having dialogue back and forth and they're pouring themselves like a little glass of like whiskey neat and they're just drinking it back and it it makes me sort of salivate and in my mind, I think it triggers something that says, I want to drink. But 
I really don't because to me, what makes more sense is like not wanting to feel that hungover the next day, not wanting to show up to work and know that I have to like grab a couple of beers and pound them before anyone else gets to the restaurant because I'm so fucking hungover. That's the only possible way that I can function. You know, when you have to admit that shit out loud, that's when you sort of understand that it's really time to make a change. But you guys, I really attribute the success of this show being the only reason why I'm not drinking in this current moment. Because if it wasn't for this show being in such high demand and understanding that I have to create an episode each and every week, I would never, never be like not drinking. I would be drinking every fucking night. I would not be running. I would not be eating healthy. I would not be taking care of my body. I would not be trying to go out and date because my body looks good now. I wouldn't be doing any of that shit if it wasn't for this show. This show literally is the only thing that is keeping me grounded and really just keeping me away from that moment where I show up to work like in the opening story and I don't remember the night before and my friend has to recap the night for me and tells me that I got kicked out of a bar for blowing some guy in the bathroom and getting kicked out of my Uber because I blew the same guy in the back of the Uber and not knowing who I went home with, not knowing how I got home and just doing that gay walk of shame, hung over as fuck, feeling all sorts of shame and regret and looking up at that Sutro Tower in the Castro and saying to myself, why the fuck did I do it again? That gay walk of shame that I have basically come and made something of in this moment on this fucking show has created a moment where I don't want to really do that gay walk of shame anymore. It's more important to me to sit here and record this episode and tell you where I've been with alcohol, where I am now, and what I will be doing with it moving forward. And you guys, I know this got a little preachy. This isn't a PSA to tell you that you shouldn't be drinking your face off if you live in San Francisco, because chances are you're not going to fucking listen to me anyway. But I'm just letting you all know that if you do feel that you have a problem, just contact the necessary resources to get some help because therapy has helped me through this journey in such an incredible way. And I feel so much better in my mind and just overall demeanor because I'm not currently white girl slash claw wasted. So what do we learn today, boys and girls? Ladies and gentlemen, guys and straights, hot jock tops and bossy power bottoms, gender fluid and non-binary, bisexuals and lesbians, transgender and questioning. Well, I'd like to think that we learned a whole hell of a lot. All right. Well, let's just face it. If you live in San Francisco or if you plan on visiting the beautiful city of San Francisco, just know that if you go into a bar, a club, a restaurant, or shit, even a fucking museum, you can almost rest assured that every member of the gay community here in the city is drinking their fucking faces off and just enjoying their life, not having to deal with driving, not having to deal with like 
basically any sort of responsibility at all whatsoever, and really just preparing themselves to do that infamous gay walk of shame. And listen, you guys, since we're talking about alcohol, why don't you also go to Blood is Thicker Than Alcohol, which is my second show with my straight brother, Ryan. You can look it up on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Click five stars, give a review, and just follow along on our gin-soaked journey of fuckery. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. But I really just would like to hear from all of you hot jock tops and bossy power bottoms out there. What the fuck do you think? On a sex scale from one to ten, how many drinks do you have in one drinking session? You know, one being one drink and ten being ten. And explain. Give me a call on the official My Gay Expose podcast hotline at 415-501-0401. That's 415-501-0401. Call in, leave a message, and tell me all about it. And with that, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Click five stars, follow on Spotify, and don't forget to turn on those notifications so that you can catch wind of each and every episode of My Gay Expose podcast right when it drops. Follow on Instagram, TikTok, Threads, and Positive Plus One all at Exposing My Gay. And don't forget to check out the official show website, mygayexposepodcast.com. And there you'll find any information that you need to know about the show, including the official show question of the week for the Your Gay Expose segment each and every week. And don't forget to check out the official show merch line, Bossy Power Bottom Wear, at RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com to pick your next piece for your upcoming gay and or pride related event or just shit that you want to wear to the gym to ensure that that hot jock top fucks you in the showers. And don't forget to join us next week for another messy, salacious, and relatable episode with me exposing my gay. I'm Ronnie Washburn, and I will drink one with you next time. Expose has been brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. Want to know more? Go to bossypowerbottom.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with Bossy Power Bottom Productions.